listening to The Smoking Section, powered by Symphonic. Here we are, another episode. Actually, this is not another episode. This is the first episode of season five. God damn, it's been five, five fucking five seasons. Five seasons. Five seasons, That's man. That's pretty awesome. Damn. And I'm kicking it off. And you're kicking it off. I'm here. We're in person and live in Casa de Monte Cristo, and we are having a stogie. This has been a long time coming. We tried over COVID because but some technical issues happened. But we're here now, buddy. But we're here now. We got drunk in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couple times. Couple times. Got drunk in between. But we're here now. That's all that matters. How have you been? I have here my buddy, my pal. He's a tall lumberjack man. <laughs> Very nice beard. Beautiful kids. Jordan Davis, how you been? I've been good, man. Been thank good. you for having me. Yeah, I, I am. I am glad that we were able to do this in person. I know. I mean, the first time we tried, you can't do a cigar podcast over Zoom. Yeah, and it was in the morning, so it's like yeah. we couldn't have whiskey. We could like, was, well, we could have, but you know, people, I didn't want people to me. frown upon yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is the way to do. And it wasn't judging me. So now here we are at a cigar shop. Having some good ones. Having a flathead. You like that, huh? And uh, this is the first time I've ever had it. Uh, but that's a great cigar. Yeah, it's nice and smooth. Yeah. This is normally what I smoke anyway. And definitely didn't think so. I usually go for like a lighter, you know, Connecticut wrapper. Do you really? Uh, but so when you brought this in, I was like, we'll see. But it's it's not it's not like a stout cigar. No. It's no. Good. No. And this is like. So someone just gave me, I, I had one of the best cigars in Texas. I, I don't remember the name for it. But last, so over Christmas, I did a Secret Santa. And obviously, I'm like the easiest person to shop for because you just buy me some cigars and I'd be happy. You're happy. Um, so they gave me like a $45 cigar. Jeez. And in my mind, I'm like, I could just get like six or seven of these damn things. Yeah. For what, you, for what you just paid for. But it was probably one of the best cigars I've had. It lasted an hour long. I was an hour into it and I had to stop smoking because at that point I was like, I'm going to go yeah. to sleep now. <laughs> I have other things I need to I have do. other things I need to do. And I, I've actually restarted it twice since. Damn. Yeah. That's I, a don't, great stogie. I don't know what stogie. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I have had to restart it twice since. Yeah. And still going. Still a great cigar. Still a great cigar. I had one. Uh, it's the Davidoff Small Batch. I actually got them from Luke. Uh, mm. So Luke Luke Bryan's got a spot in 30A. That's, oh, that's right. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Short thing cigars. Yeah. Uh, and he brought them up. And the the first first one I ever had from him, like we were playing golf, and he gave me one. And then we just got back from duck hunting, and I probably we, we duck hunted for two days, and I probably smoked six of those cigars. We have one in the morning, like duck hunt, which is a new thing of mine. Anybody out there that that duck hunts are, I would have never thought cigar cigar in the morning or cigar and duck hunting. Well, I mean, I knew like people yeah, that smoke yeah. cigars and duck hunting, but like the you know very seldom do I wake up and it's like six forty five in the morning and I'm like, you know what I want a cigar, a cigar. Like, you know, but, I did that a couple times. Like I woke up and it was like I think it was in the summertime and you know the sun is still the sun is it's coming up. It's it's not dark anymore like it is now. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I sat on my balcony and I had me. I I I'm pretty sure in my previous life I was an old white man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I you had just sit a, on your porch and watch the sun go. Yeah, with, with some black coffee and a cigar. <laughs> 
definitely has my grandfather vibes. I can promise you that. I was an old white man in a previous life, and it's okay. I keep telling people. Hopefully, I was an old rich white man. We'll find out one yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So since we talked about Luke Bryan, let's start off with your most recent number one hit. I know. I feel like uh, I was like a name drop. I didn't mean to do no, that. No, it's but. okay. No, it's all right. No, but it's man, right. it's been uh, – man, that song has just – I knew it was special when we wrote it, but uh, – it's been pretty cool to see, see just connect with so many people. And um, I texted you. Remember I texted I yeah. texted you when I had your album come out. And I texted you and I said, "If you don't release this, yeah. you're fucking in." Yeah. It, you did. It's a fucking did. smash. <laughs> no, it did. It rose his hand quick. Uh, yeah, especially when Luke. You know, because Luke, we wrote it as almost like a pitch to Luke. Like I didn't know when I was recording. I didn't know when I was gonna put new music out. So I sent it over to him halfway is like you know i mean i guess at that time i knew i was gonna record it i just wanted him to be a part of it but like when we started writing that song it was it was full on like let's try to get something that that luke would cut uh and then we finished it and i fell in love with it and i was like oh man now i just need to get luke on it how Um, quick was the yes from him dude he made me sweat that one out (laughs) And, and you know it's like it well what's i guess like I think I think what you know I wrote the text out to send to him because like you know me and Luke were new buddies at the time like mm-hmm. and I didn't want him to think that I was just gonna peddle him songs mm-hmm. so the last text I sent him was literally like hey man good to meet with you you know thanks for you know thanks for the cigar mm-hmm. like it was that introductory text right and then here it is the next text I'm gonna send him is like hey man you want to sing one of my songs. <laughs> Which I was just kind of like, damn it, I don't want to do this. But, uh, you know, I, I sent it to him, and he got, like, right back to me. So he must, like, he must have listened to it, like, right as I sent it to him. So uh, he checks it out and then gets back to me and was like, dude, I love this song. And I'm sitting there like, oh, God, that was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. And um, he calls me. He's like, man, what do you what do you want to do with this? And I was like, man, I want you to sing on it, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, let me think about it and see if I'm right for the song. And he, made, he thought about it for about 12 days. Didn't hear oh, anything oh, from him. Oh, really made Oh, yeah, man. He made me sweat it out. Oh, so, shit. Uh, my, my, my thing is, is that, you know, I always tell people you, you either, your answer is going to either come to you very, <laughs> you get a quick answer. Yeah. It's going to be a no. That's what I was kind of in <laughs> Like when I sent it to him. And then, like, I was just like, man, I hope that, like, I hope he just listens to it. That's really, I was like, man, I hope he just gives this song a chance. Because, you know, I knew the song was special. Right. And when I saw that fast of a response, I was like, oh, that's probably like the old, like, hey, man, I'm not doing collabs. Or, hey, man, my record's done. And, yeah. like, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he got back to me and wanted to do it. Jeez. And then you want to crash. You went, because you were on Crash Reply, yeah? Yeah, yeah. How was that? How, how was that, uh. Shit show. I say shit show because it was it was fun. That's a good that's a good term. That's a good uh, term. Yeah. I mean that as in a term of endearment. Not right. <laughs> it's the it's the most fun shit show you could ever be a yeah, part of. Yeah, I I'm, I'm so pissed I didn't go this year. It was a lot of fun, man. I'll it's, be there uh, next year though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hopefully he'll be on this podcast by the end of the year. Yeah, dude. Then that's who you need on this. Then I will. Have, then I'll be yeah. like, hey, let take me to crash reply with you. I'll shoot him a text then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was, uh, man, that's just such a well run festival. And, like, dude, that's the festival where I feel like if I was a, a fan, mm-hmm. that's the, that would be like my, that would be my bucket list thing. Because I feel like, Tortuga, see, Tortuga was mine. I didn't, I didn't know Tortuga was like my bucket list until I went to Tortuga last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, 
and you're doing it this year. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that. And then, so I feel like Crash Apply is like one of those where it's like, I didn't know that I wanted to go until it was like, fuck, I'm seeing pictures. I'm like, I should have went. And I was close to going this year. Yeah. But I was like, fuck. Well, we did, we did it two years ago, but we were like in and out. So like we played the beach party mm-hmm. or no, no, no. We got in on like a Thursday and we played the beach stage like mm-hmm. Thursday night. And then we did the, the pool party Friday afternoon-ish and then we flew out Friday. So like we were there for under 48 hours, played twice. And just in that short of time, I was like, dude, next time the way to do it is to play Thursday and then, pl- and then close it out on Sunday, yes. which is pretty much what we got to do this time. So we had like a full day of nothing. Like we, you know, went and caught Dustin Lynch at the pool party. Um, some of the guys went and saw Low Cash when they did the pool party. I went back and went out and did a song with Luke. Or we did By Dirt. Right. And uh, I sang a couple covers with him. But Darius came in. Yeah, so, I, heard he fl- he, I heard he flew in for that. Dude. And so, like, I did a song. We, we did Dirt. We did John Deere Green and Queen of My Double Ride Trailer. And then I got off stage, and then Darius went out with Aldine and Luke. And, dude, they sat, sat on stage and just played acoustic songs for, like, 30 minutes. Darius did a bunch of hootie stuff. I mean, and I seriously just sat there like, dude, this is – even as a guy that sings and, right. you know, knows those guys – it was pretty. It was pretty damn cool to watch. Like it's 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 insane when it's like because that's those kind of things are like I wouldn't say no holds bars, but like there was a like there's no format, there's no, no. outline format of the show because it's just free. It's just a free for all. Well, and of like music being back there, like I got to see, you know, like it, it's funny. I was, so I knew that Luke wanted to do two cover songs, and I was like, so I walk in his dressing room before it. I was like, so Luke, man, what do you want? Like, dude, what do you what do you, what do you want to do, man? I can do any of these songs. And he literally goes, What I want you to do is chill the hell out. <laughs> and I was like, Well, dude, there's a lot of people out there. This is your show. I don't want to screw anything up. But that's exactly what I he's like, dude. What I want you to do is chill the hell out, man. <laughs> Just have fun with it. Yeah. Just have fun with it, man. Yeah. This is gonna be a shit show. And it, dude, it, but it, it was. It was a great festival. Uh, you know, anytime you get to see Darius get out there and sing Hootie and the Blowfish song, man, it's pretty awesome. It's great, isn't it? God, he's so good. He's so fucking phenomenal. Um, so, you've been touring. Yeah, see for this you're opening that. So, how how was that fucking tour? Dude, I love those guys. Man. Yeah. Good that's, Bears, good that's Bears a, a great fucking song. Thank you, man. Thank you. I wish I would have wrote that one. But, <laughs> uh, man, those guys, that would be a good... I don't know if they smoke cigars. They probably do. I mean, they drink a lot of beer, so... They do drink a lot of beer. Uh, but no, th- man, those guys are great. And, and Mackenzie Porter, like, let it off. Right. Like, with a huge song, too. Like, she talk about getting... Hit. Yeah, like, getting lucky with timing. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, thinking about you was... Mm-hmm. Like peaking when she was out, um, and then Seaforth, man, those guys are like to be honest with the full band show is awesome, right? And their band guys are great, but like man, just them like with acoustic guitars, you know, they they played a couple of shows just acoustic, and dude, they're just some really talented dudes. I just I so I saw them. They came out and played for my job, and they did an acoustic set. Yeah, and I couldn't help but. 
and it wasn't the Australian thing. It wasn't the, the accent. Yeah. But it was more so, I couldn't help but, like, it was as if Keith Urban had twin boys. Right. <laughs> It's true, man. That's the feel, and, that, and, that's, and that's like it's the best compliment I can give them. That's the feel of what they what their music is, which is fucking phenomenal. It's long lasting, clearly. Yeah. Urban has done a great fucking job with it. But yeah. like, I have like we, after seeing them, I've become like a really huge fan of theirs. Dude, incredible songwriters, like even better guys, man. Just yeah. really like down to earth, great guys. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of fun. We so, uh, so what came into picking them, picking your open acts? I mean, you know, we always have a few a few names that to look at. I mean, mm-hmm. you wish you could take them all out, but at that time, man, I was really, <clears throat> I was actually new to Seaforth. I had just heard. I think I was listening to the Highway, and Breakups came on. Right. And I was like, dang, this is like really cool. And uh, I started diving into it, listening to more of their stuff. What locked in Seaforth, I don't even know if I've ever told him this. My wife is a massive fan. So like huge Seaforth fan. Wow. So I come I come in one night and my daughter and wife are in there cooking dinner. And Seaforth is, they haven't, she has it on like the Seaforth station. And I was like, what are you, I was like, are you listening to Seaforth? She's like, yeah, I love these guys. I was like, oh, they might come out on tour with me this year. So that was when I was like, the next day, I was like, hey, let's go with Seaforth for uh, for a support act. And then Mackenzie is just like, you hear yeah. the, you hear the girl sing one time, you're like, yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer. That's yeah, it's a no fucking brainer. So it was, man, it was. Uh, I wish that we could have continued that tour out a little longer, but you know, there's always there's always another tour. There's always another tour. That's it. You can always. I mean, Miranda Miranda just went back and did. She's doing her bandwagon tour again with yeah. a little big time. So you can always go back. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, if you have fun, like, why just, does it have to be one like? Why does it be one specific tour? Why can't you yeah. go back? I mean, how many sort of soul tours were they? I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a huge Tim McGraw and Faith Hill fan. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's you know they do it. It's not just because they're married, but you know they do it because they have fun on tour. So it's like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not keep it to one? And two, like early on, you know, one of my first tours I went out with was Kip Moore, and right. I was first of three. So it was me and then Drake, White, mm-hmm. and then Kip. And man, I had a blast. Like, I love being out with Kip. I love Kip's crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very appreciative of him letting me, like, those early on tours of like being able to f- build a fan base are, I mean, they're crucial. And then turns around the next year and then i move like same you know go back out with kip but move Who's into up? the direct spot and jillian jacqueline came out with us which then led for jillian to come out on my right line tour so like yeah like i hate that it's like it's just, i never wanted to be like well you toured me once so you're you're out of the you're out of the mix you know yeah. going forward yeah well clearly also kenny kenny broke that role too because he has old me on every tour he does <laughs> Which hey, I would take that. I would any, take that yeah, any day. You better believe it. <laughs> uh, you better believe any it. Any day to play a stadium, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. There's no no to that at all. Mm-hmm. So you've been in Nashville for how long? I moved in 2012. <sighs> Gosh, changed. dude, almost 10 years. I, mean, I just hit my 12 year mark. You've been here for 12 years. I've been here for 12 years. Jeez, just hit my 12 year mark, and it was it was um it was very uh. It's very weird because across you from Ten Roof is now in two apartment buildings. Yeah. 
And when I moved, when I moved here, there was a fucking gravel lot that I would Nothing. leave my car in for five days yeah. and not worry about having to get towed or ticket or anything like that. Just it sit is, there. It's a different. It's a whole different atmosphere. I now. mean, even where we're at now. Yeah. Like this is. This was this was never here. Nothing. The gulch was not the gulch. No, not the gulch. I think at that point we had to. I, we did have the pub. We had the pub at one point. Because I remember they did a they did a whiskey jam yeah. down there in front of the pub. That's the night I met Reba, actually. No way. Not at Whiskey Jam. She wasn't at Whiskey Jam. But she she was down there. I know. I happened to walk back on St. Patty's Day and come out of her. I was parked by her building. So I walked. I parked, left my car and I drove out. And I see her coming out. And I'm like, who the hell is coming out of Reba's? It's like 9.30 at night. Who's coming out of Reba's building at 9.30? I get to the fucking light in front of Tin Roof. And it's fucking Reba. <laughs> it's Reba. And, I mean, you can picture a black man hunking his horn, rubbing, rolling his window down, screaming, you know. Reba, Reba. <laughs> You know, she rolled, I would have done the same thing. She rolled her window down and said, hi, baby. No way. Yep. Hi, baby. How you doing? Starstruck. Never happens. You're, you're Reba. Like change. Bye, baby. Have a good night. Gone. <laughs> Out of my life forever. Out of my life forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there. I'm, meanwhile, I'm sitting at a damn green light. <laughs> like, holy shit. That just happened. <laughs> That's what makes Nashville just like. I mean, it's just you. Well, you run it anyway. Yeah, you run it anyway. Right. It's just a matter of how you handle it, you know. Yeah. You moved here in two thousand twelve. Ten years. Jesus. You've seen a lot. You and your brother. Yeah. So Jacob's twelve years. Jacob moved two two years before I did. So did he convince you to move here, or were you just you were already you were already going to move here, and you just? You I know. think he was like the the kind of last nudge I needed. I was working for a buddy of mine. He had an environmental company um, in Baton Rouge. And so I I was working for him, you know, doing, he was doing like these kind of erosion control jobs around Baton Rouge. And um, I was still bartending at Fleming's. I was bartending at night. And I ended up going into work one day. Like I got drunk the night before and I slept, like overslept. So I had to be work at five at the right environment. And so I wake up at like seven thirty one day. My phone's just going crazy. I look over, there's like 15 missed calls. And I was like, oh, God, all of them from him. I picked the phone up. But I call him back. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. Like, and he's just like, get to the office right now. And I was like, dang. I was like, well, I'm getting fired. But, you know, it's so like the whole drive in. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you know, maybe – you know, maybe it's a good thing. I'm like trying to convince myself that like, right. hey, maybe this is what was supposed to happen. When really it's like, no, dude, you were an idiot last night. Yeah. You got hammered on a Tuesday and you overslept. And so I get in. And he's super chill. He's like, hey, man, do you do you want to do this? And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. I know you work here and I know we pay you, but is this what you want to do? And I was like, no. He's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, man, I think I want to write songs. I had not had any of that planned out. Like, obviously, I had been writing songs. Right. And I knew Jacob was in Nashville. 
Uh, but it's not like I'd sat down and talked with anybody about like, hey, I want to be a songwriter. Right. Uh, it was just something that I figured I would do. Me and Jacob would do every once in a while. But, and I remember kind of being surprised and like, wow, that was a weird answer. But, you know, and he's like, well, then you need to move to Nashville. I was like, I think you're right. So he was going to fire me. Instead, he moved me to the landscaping side of the company. So kept me on. I became the weed eater guy on the on the grass cutting team. And I worked there for three more months. And he let me keep my job there, save some money, still keep my job bartending. And I was, like, able to move to Nashville with, like, at least enough money to where I didn't feel like – you know, I, I right. could I could survive. You could survive. And uh but yeah, like I think talking to Jacob, I think what kind of led me to that answer and to be that fast with yeah. like, hey, I want to be a songwriter was you know, I would come home from work or I would come home from bartending and I would have a message from him at like a writer's round and he's watching like you know, Travis Meadows or Casey mm-hmm. Bethard mm-hmm. at the listening room. And while for the last three hours I've been pouring drinks for people, and I'm like, it kind of just got the ball rolling of like, well, dude, and you now you're playing the fucking listening room. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, but I think that was like just the, you know, Jacob constantly being like, hey man, if you, I think you can, you know, if you if you ever want to move in down and write songs, like, I think him saying like, dude, I think you're talented enough to do it. Um, but yeah, he was definitely the the, the main reason. That is he is has he been, always been the one person that you? Well, now that you're married, but kind of been growing up. That you like you you not needed his approval, but you felt better when yeah he approved yeah, yeah. of something you did yeah. I mean, he's you know my best friend in the world yeah. But also too, he's still my big brother right. So it's like you know, and I don't think that ever goes away. Um, you know, to where it's like, you know, early on, like, yeah, I was sending him songs being like, hey, man, what do you think of this? Uh, and him, you know, being honest, be like, hey, dude, this, this isn't that good. Like, you know, my bad you songs. Need, you need that like, one person. Yeah. Like, you need, like, the 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 backboard to be like, hey, man, what do you, like, is this up to par? Because, you know, he had already had, he had a publishing deal. He was writing with bigger names. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that if I was writing songs that weren't even as good as his bad songs, mm-hmm. then I still had a little bit of work to do. So it was good to have him here to kind of bounce those ideas off of, which is, you know, another reason why I feel like Nashville is, is great in that, like, you know, the older songwriters are very quick to help out some of the younger classes and God isn't that the truth. I mean like and do that that's not that that's not the case in every world. Not the case in every world. Yeah. I, I mean because I'm managing a writer now and it's it's crazy because it's like I have friends who are successful writers and you know you just need it, it, I keep I keep telling her because she's like you got all these connections and you just I'm like it's not that I haven't asked. It's you just need one person to say yes. Yeah. And get in that room with that one person who's willing to be like, okay, I'm helping next generation. I'm helping next generation push forward and move forward. Not only, but also, and like, I mean, if you were, if you were looking at it in a selfish way, we'll look at it as, but also I'm helping keep my name relevant because right. this younger artist, this young writer or whoever becomes 
a number one hit songwriter, it could be with one of my songs that I co-write with them, or you know. Yeah. Um, but you're right. A lot of a lot of people don't do that because they want to stay with their their small circle, which which is phenomenal. Because you, you know, if it works, don't fucking break it. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of how it. But that's kind of how this industry is at the same time. I think it's all like I love writing with new artists because I had so many early on new artists new songwriters not you know i had so many people early on that were like could have easily been like you know what this kid's not ready yet i'm not writing with him anymore and instead they were they took every co-writing session we had as a chance to kind of teach me like hey man you could do this here or you could settle for that lyric or we could sit here and kind of give ourselves a headache a little bit and make this song a little bit better right and and that's, I think, to where now it's kind of like, I, I hope that I'm that to some of these younger writers. Because, uh, I mean, I needed it. I, mean, I feel like everybody needs it. Yeah, we all, we definitely all need that. There's, like I said, like I said, begin about your brother. There's always that one person in your life that's going to push you forward or that you're going to need to take a chance. Someone's going to need to take a chance on you. Yeah. You know? Um, so you're signed what publisher company? I'm an anthem. That's right. Used to be Olay. Used to be Olay. Yep. I got a story for you. And I can say this now because by the time this episode airs, the announcement would be out. But we just partnered up with a company for a podcast network. And the person who orchestrated the whole thing was Mr. Randall Foster. Oh, no way. Yeah. And he, so, so I told him, like, you know, I said, we had, I have a whole list of. I love I, Randall. Yeah. When I do this whole thing, and I, when I, when I started, I took a whole, like, three, four months off of planning. Now, my brain didn't shut off, but yeah. physically planning this whole thing. Um, and I have a whole list of people that. I like oh I want this person to be my guest. You get your ones you like you know it's gonna be a definite fucking no. Yeah. And you get the ones like, yeah, it's gonna be a yes. I know it's gonna be a yes. And so we're sitting in the room one day in his office and he's like, So who you have for the first one? I said, you know what? I haven't decided. I said, but you know what? I think I'm leaning towards Jordan Davis. And he goes, No, you're not leaning towards Jordan Davis, it's gonna be Jordan Davis. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. You're right. Even though you have no control over that, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's gonna be Jordan Davis. <laughs> dude, Randall's the man, dude. I love. He's, like, he's like, I love Jordan. He's like, I love Jordan. He's like, tell Jordan. I said, I said, I have to be sure to tell him that. I said, but just to let you know, this was not your decision. This was my decision. That yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still captaining this boat. Still, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's. I mean, he's been. You know, he's been helping out with everything and, and keeping it six down. But he was like, so when you said after, I'm like, oh, that's right, Randall. Yeah, Randall. And he was there from like early. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I signed in 2015. Randall was there. It was Olay at that point. Yeah, Olay. Yeah, uh, my friend worked there. My friend Adrian worked there too. I was working. I was working behind in the, the building behind you guys for Renegade Radio at the point at that point. Oh time. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was working there. We're not gonna talk about that, but anyway. Yeah, that was back when it was on, or it was on 16th. It was on yeah. 16th, yeah, yeah. The good old time. So Anthem. So, so how did it come about that you picked Anthem? Because I'm sure that you went through publishing companies 
Man, I was so like, I, st I still signed a publishing deal early. Like I still needed a little bit of time to mm -hmm. grow a little bit. Uh, but man, Ben Strain was the first guy at LA that kind of gave me a shot. Um, this is a really funny story. So I found my my deal at LA. I was so I lived with Josh Dore. Yeah. Right. Whenever I moved to town, and so Josh signed a record deal about the same time as he signed with mm -hmm. Olay, and so he was at Sony, and we were writing songs, and uh, Dave Turnbull was at mm -hmm. Olay too, and so Dave's got this fishing cabin outside of town, so they have a weekend where. Ben, ben Strain goes out there. My brother goes out there. Josh Dorr's out there. Uh, John Ozier was out there. And obviously Dave. Mm -hmm. And so we build this big fire. And we're drinking all day. We fished and drank all day. So we're sitting around this fire. And then the guitar comes out. And they start passing guitar around. And it gets to me. And I'm sitting there like getting my head. I'm like, oh, crap. Like These are all publishers. Um uh, I need to, I need to, I need to play the, I need to crush this. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have played the song I played worse. Like, it was the absolute guitars out of tune, forgot lyrics, wrong chords. Like, everything is just like a disaster. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to fix this somehow. So then I just play a cover song. So I don't even play one of my songs. <laughs> so I play a cover song and mess up one of my own songs. All right, so I wake up the next morning. I'm, like, you know, embarrassed. Don't barely sleep at all that night because I'm like, dude, you blew it. Yeah. Like, you had a chance to impress a couple of guys that could give you a job, and you blew it. So the next day I'm driving in, Ben Strain texts me. And was like, hey, dude, I can tell you're pretty upset with yourself last night. And that really wasn't fair of us to, like, make you play something, like, on the spot. So come into the office next week and, you know, play for me again. Play, bring some CDs. And uh, and that's what started started me getting a publishing deal at Anthem. At that point in time. At, at that point in time, you needed uh – you needed uh, Luke Bryan to look at you and say, I need for you to chill the hell out. Exactly, dude. <laughs> That's exactly what Ben told Like, six years before Luke did it, Ben was like, hey, dude, you need to chill out. Chill out. Come back in, regroup, play some more songs for me. So, clearly, you were a planner, my friend. You need, you need to be prepared for everything going into it. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> You need to prepare for things and just keep going in. You know, can't you can't I, be on the spot. I feel like I can like once I, yeah, no, I, I'm not. I can't even talk myself out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can't even try to act. You like even I tried. Did. You tried. Yeah, I did. And I thought like, how can I get out of this? No, I, I need it to be like. It needs to be very seldom. Like, even in shows now, where like we have a set list, we will deviate from it a little bit, mm -hmm. but not too much. Like I'd like to be in like, like to know you. You like you like everything the right. same way every yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. I you know same set list. I get that. I get that. Well, at least we know you can't play on Eric Church's set. You know. <laughs> that would be my nightmare. That would actually be a dream. That would be a dream. But it would also be. <laughs> yeah. That, that that is the definition of a dream and a nightmare coach tree right there. 
to just throw songs out. Just throw songs out there. We're we're getting better at it, like because like, but that I think that's the difference to where like, there's some artists that can just be like, hey guys, here we go, like let's go. To where like with me, I want to be able to, I want to get to that point, but I just have to have rehearsals to be like, hey guys, literally in a rehearsal where we're in the middle of a set list, and I'll just turn around and be like, hey, we're gonna play Leaving New Orleans here. And we just, just jump into just it. Jump so we kind of like rehearse it. Because it's still planning. It's still planning it. One hundred percent. Like still planning it. But I see. I'm so I'm curious this because I, I, if I ever interviewed Eric Church, so I'm also asking questions. How do you pick your set list? Because you obviously because you have some sleepers. Yeah. On your albums that are not singles. Yeah. Like I was on, on the way here trying. Oh man, that one's been yeah. That one's that one's definitely been one that. <laughs> We did a month of tour without playing that song, and I was tired of getting messages about not playing trying. I swear to God. Seriously. Yeah. So I listened. And it's funny because it was like the first time. I think it's the first time I actually heard the song besides listening to the album. But I was just like, holy shit. I'm like, I wonder if he plays this live. And why was this a single? Yeah. So, but how? So how do you? How do you? Because you can't please everybody. Yeah. With all the songs you want to play. Yeah. So how do you pick your set list? You know, we used to do it to where like it was a thing of how do we cut songs down to where I can play every song? Like that was like my initial thought on it. Wow. That was before. Now we have too many songs where we can't do that. Like even at, even in an hour and forty five minutes, we still can't play. And me be able to talk the next day. Right. So we would just like pedal to the metal, play every song we can because I hated, I hated those messages from people mm-hmm. like coming to a show and I hated thinking that, damn, I hope that they didn't buy a ticket to hear that song and I didn't play it, but which you can drive yourself crazy doing that. Mm-hmm. But so initially it was pedal to the metal, play all the songs to where now I play the songs that I feel like I can put the best show on. Right. So it's like if playing trying is just playing a verse course and in a little stripped down acoustic set that we do mm-hmm. and I put that up with Church in the Chevy and Leaving New Orleans and I just try to shrink that down and make those three songs special. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing right now. And then I used to also to like space out my singles so that like every three or four minutes, like we're playing a radio single to where now I'm like, you know what? That doesn't make for the best show. Right. So we play a lot of those singles within the first 25 minutes of the show. And then we just, we just perform what we feel is the best show for a fan. Right. Whether they know the music or not, because I've just kind of viewed it as like, if they do know the music, they're going to love Singles You Up and Buy Dirt just as much as they're going to love Trying or Detours or whatever song you throw in there. Um, but to me, it's just like, you know, how can I give each song enough time to make that song special? Right. So so we change it up a lot, but um, I view it more like that instead of like, all right, how do I sp- spread these singles out to where it's, you know, if you if you have an issue now, imagine when you have twenty five number one hits. I don't know how Luke does it. Like I read like any of them. Would you imagine? I, I'm I, I feel that way for George Strait with sixty. You gotta play three nights just so you can get through all your number ones. 
Seriously. I know. Like, it's like. And too, what's crazy about that is like, like go back to Eric Church. Like there's songs from Eric Church that like he, I, I would be, I wouldn't be mad. Right. But like I'm going to hear different songs than probably what somebody else is going to hear. So like my favorite song from him is or old song, Those I've Loved. Ooh, Those I've Loved a long way. I've been to like three shows and he hasn't played it. It's still like I still love that song just as much. I'm but going like, to see him tomorrow, so if I if he does play it, I'll video and send it to you. Dude, please do. Are you really going to see him tomorrow? I'm, I'm really no way. In Louisville. Oh, bro, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's if you do, yeah. If if, I, he, if he plays that, yeah, yeah. And then I'll be pissed that he didn't do it the ones that I was at. But yeah, like when you've got six albums it's, worth of songs, yeah. how do you can how do you condense that down even to two hours? Even to two, it's it's, it's crazy because it's like, who I I, I you'll find on a later episode because I mentioned this in a later episode, but um, Keith Urban, I heard now I don't know I, again I don't know how true this is, but Keith Urban apparently took out "You'll Think of Me" out of his out of his tour for like God. the last two tours and that was the first Keith Urban song I heard yep. which I hated at one point but then it was like once you get older you're like oh shit this is a it's really an good amazing song. song and he took it out for like I guess the, it was the last two tours and now he put it back in he's putting it back in for this tour and I'm just like first of all how do you like Dude. those are Golden Road album is a staple for Keith Urban yeah so how do you take out anything out of that fucking album in your set list but when you had I guess I guess we had that many hits and you're trying to be you know because you current. probably too like want to play newer stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know with me I'm not quite to that level yet. So, like, I'm not pulling off of five albums or six albums. And obviously, you love... If you put the music out, you love it. Right. So, like, you want to play those as well. But, man, losing that... Dude, like, raining on Sundays, Keith Urban. Whew. And he didn't play that for a while. No, the other one, I'm, I'm about to do an Instagram reel with it. <clears throat> um, uh, you're everything. I want to be your everything. Man... Dude, I would riot. <laughs> don't play those three songs. Man, one day it's gonna happen to you. Yeah. Well, it's already happening to you. I know, dude. I'm telling you, man. It was a message from. I think we played Baltimore, and I didn't play Tryin. And this lady just lays into me. I was like, I'm sorry. I swear. Like, I don't even know how to respond. I was just like, well. So I'll play it next time. I swear. So here's my question. So are you the one reading your DMs or is it someone else reading your DMs for you? No. I mean, I've, Cause you know, I definitely ma- I'm definitely made aware of them. <laughs> Caleb reads a lot of them. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like major- I don't want to say majority of them. Like some of them are just like, I can't even really respond to them. Right. So it's like, but no, I mean, I try to keep an eye on them just in case of something like that. Like that was helpful to me to be like, Oh dang! Maybe I'm missing this song. Maybe this song's connecting more people than I think it is. Right. So, and when they kind of started stacking up, is when I was like, "Hey guys, I think we should throw in trying and see how it goes." Um, and then some of them are just like crazy DMs, you know. But what's uh, what's what's been the hardest thing you had to go through? I thought you were going to ask me what the weirdest DM I've gotten. I mean, I was going to go there, but I didn't, you know, I, I don't know if you want to throw anyone into the bus, you know? <laughs> hey, that's on her, man. 
Now I gotta know what is the word. Oh, dude, no, we can't do it here. We, <laughs> uh, we were getting so much yeah. trouble, so much trouble. <laughs> Kylie would never let me back on oh, the show ever again. It's a wild world out there, man. There's some forward people. I can promise you. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I've seen an artist. I've seen an artist DM one that one time. I would not say the name of the artist I saw, but I was just like, "Holy shit!" I'm telling you, man. Not you, Eloise. <laughs> not you. <laughs> no, God. Uh, no God. No God. I, I'm like, I don't know how. Wow. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are ballsy. That's right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what you're saying. You're saying, wow. Right. Y'all are ballsy. That's a, that's a confident girl that's a right there, girl. man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what's next for you? I'm not going to keep you too long, but what's next for you? Uh, man, we're really close on this next record. I think we're going to go in and record a few more songs, and I think the next record will be done. And, uh, you know, who knows when that'll be out. But, um, yeah, we're releasing new music. And then uh, we've got a lot of festivals this summer that we're looking forward to. Looking forward to. A lot that I haven't played in a long time. Watersheds on there, Tortuga. Um, and, too, like, great, great days. Like, you know, a lot of times you'll play those festivals and you'll miss, like, your buddies that yeah. are there. Uh, all those festivals for us, like, they they just landed on good days. Are you, playing, are, you, so are you playing the Atlantic? There's a Atlantic City one as well. Festival. I don't think I'm doing that one. Okay. Because I know the same headliners are on the Tortuga ones. As that one? As that one. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm doing that one, but we're doing, you know, a lot of fairs. Like, I love, man, like, county fairs. I know, like, a lot of people. Oh, those are the them. best. Dude, I love them, man. Those are the fucking best, like, man. You know, like, I've always heard, you know, early on, like, oh, summers are nothing but county fairs. And I'm like, dude, bring them on, man. Those are just so much fun. I also wonder being an artist how hungry do you get when you smell that funnel cake though on, on stage that's the that's the only yeah that's the only worst part is like you know you kind of are in a spot where you know you're you're at the mercy of the food at the fair uh which is sometimes awesome sometimes awesome and majority of the times not awesome i feel bad for carrie who's probably a, who's a vegan who's yeah yeah she's not yeah but Bring your own food on that one there right buddy. i think that's the thing is like you know when you're just trying to eat somewhat healthy, like it's tough. But uh, but man, the shows are great. Luckily, like me and the band love to play golf, so like we'll go golf during the day and then you know do the shows at night. But um, yeah, fairs. Good cigar. I know, man. Uh, <laughs> you got yeah, water right there. I know, dude. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm over here instead of drinking water, I'm just like interrupting the podcast. And just, Leave it to Jordan. But yeah, we're uh, playing a lot this summer. We have a tour that's about to announce that I can tell you off air, but yeah. we can't do it here. Tell me, tell me off air, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but man, it's going to be, it, it's, a, it's a great one. I'm looking forward to it. And then, um, you know, just getting back out on the road full time. I'm hoping. How have you balanced, obviously with pandemic, it's been a little easier, but how have you balanced family life and touring? We're about to find out. <laughs> like we are, you know, we did, you know, last, the By Dirt tour, the first part with Seaforth McKenzie, like we, yeah, a couple weekends, my wife came out, um, 
you know, Lachlan was born, but it wasn't like he can travel. Right. Uh, so we had a lot of family around. So Kristen always had help. To where now, you know, family's all gone back home. So it's Kristen at home with both of them. I really think it's just going to be until we can get them all out. Right. It's just going to be, you know, go out there, you know, maybe fly in day of, get it done, fly back as soon as you can. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be the. That's tough because I, 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 I actually, I mean, I've, I've, I see firsthand, you know, with, with Jimmy on and and it's tough because sometimes Jimmy is gone two three weeks at a time. I mean, dude, that dude is he Jimmy Allen. <laughs> Jimmy, I love you, buddy. I don't know how you do it, man. <laughs> that dude is a go getter. That is a go getter. But it's just you know it's it's just it's crazy though because when you when especially for wives for when wives marry into it, it's like they understand what they got themselves into. Yeah. Or they think they understand what they got themselves into, but then they then when when that stardom starts to elevate, when it hits, and when it really hits, and you have to re- like now you're gone, bullshit number, but three hundred days out of the fucking year. I mean, some maybe, for some people, far off. Of yeah, for some people that's actually true, but it's like when you when you're gone that much from your family, you're missing out. You're missing out on first steps. You're missing out on yeah. first laugh and things like that. It's like people don't realize, and fans, fans, they don't fully get how much you're actually sacrificing yeah. to entertain them. Well, somebody, and I'd, I'd heard this from, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it's, uh, you don't, you get paid for the time away from your family not to play music. You do that for free, mm-hmm. which is true. Which is very true. Like, I would go up and play a show tonight anywhere in Nashville with my band and everybody at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. I would go do it. Um, you know, it's just when it's like, hey, this is a 30-show run. Three shows on the West Coast, so you're either flying back or it's like, well, I'll just stay out there. And it's right. like, all right, now you're away from family for two weeks. Right. So it's like, like you said, like you're youngsters, young kiddos, you know, you're missing a lot of those things. So that that sank in with me. And too, it's like, you know, and I feel like I've had this conversation, and I'm not saying, you know, me and Jimmy have had this talk before, you know, because we're both new and right. we both are, you know, building you an know, empire we're, we're building on some success yeah so like um you know it, it's tough to like it's tough to just totally block that out right. and be like all right well i'm not gonna go do dancing with the stars because i know how much that's gonna involve instead it's like well this is my job right you know and that's not fair of me to single him out on that because i know that that was like probably a lot of inner struggle and like that's a lot of time for my family that's you know and too like him touring where it's like i just feel like it's with jimmy where i'm close enough with him where i can have those conversations of like hey dude at some point we have to become dads yeah and it's like we can't just keep grinding and grinding and grinding because i know i'm much like jimmy in the sense of like i'll do it until yeah you know yeah yeah, and, and and we've had that conversation as well and what I've noticed, who I've, when you get to when you get to a certain level, like Tim McGraw, I yeah. use Tim McGraw because Tim McGraw is like the prime example of work-life balance of being a dad yeah. and a husband. 
and being and being Tim McGraw, you know. Um, Tim only toured in the summertime, but he never toured. He 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 didn't. His tours never started until his kids were out of school. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So when they got old enough, and it's like, oh, you can come and roll me for the summertime, where you you know fly with me for whatever weekends or yeah. do whatever. It was like, oh, I'm gone because I'm not really missing out on football games, sports, and things like that. So yeah, it's like, for that. you know, you're, you're able to do that, and there will come a time. <laughs> There'll be a time where you can, you know, you You'll can, be, you, you can, can dictate that, that exactly. More. But can, like now, now it's like you got to get to the grind to be able to dictate that. Yeah. And how's your wife holding? How's your wife being able? She she's been understanding with that because I know that obviously there's gonna be days where it's like, I fucking wish you were here. You need yeah. to be like, you know what I mean? I mean, do we do we have like? Yeah. And the, some nights where that's happening an hour before we're up there playing the show. Yeah. You know, it's like you're. Mm-hmm. Call in to say night to the kids. Yeah. And then you're fighting with your wife and your tour manager comes in and it's like, Hey dude, we're on in forty. And you're like, All right. And you kinda gotta switch over to like, all right, well, I gotta go I gotta this is my job. Right. Like and I can't let that bleed over into this, but um she she's great. I mean she's she gets it. She knows. Um I think she just wants me to be able to see that balance right. as well. To where it's right. like, cause she can see it too. Like, you know, when you FaceTime with the kiddos and you know, she's, you've been out on a run or whatever. And she's like, Hey, you're tired. And I can tell, you know, it's like, well, it's a tiring job. It's like, tiring you know, job. This I mean, industry is not for the sake of heart. Yeah. <laughs> I sleep in a six foot by three foot box exactly. at 75 miles an hour down the highway. I didn't sleep great. Like, yeah. It didn't rock me to sleep like it was supposed to. It kept me up. God, but yeah, damn. but she's she's handling it. She's handling it great. That's good. I mean, you, it's just like I said, it's, it's a struggle on relationships. It's a struggle. It's a struggle on friendships. You know, when you get, you might need to relate that. Oh no, you don't. Wow. This really is a great cigar. It really. <laughs> Flathead, if you were listening, I need a box of these. Smoking section brought to you by Flathead. That's got a good ring to it. I got a good it. ring huh? to it. I got a good ring to it. I might be calling you for some lighters with that one, buddy. <laughs> I'll do them. I'll do them for a box of these cigars. I might be, I might be doing. Yeah, I might be doing that. I might be doing that. But no. But you know, it's a strain on friendships because, and I, and I, I had many conversations with friends about, you know. When you are elevating yourself in your career, you're not going to have much time for social yeah. life or going to Tenriff like I'm going to after this, uh, <laughs> after this recording. We, we've been there, though. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> you know, we're not, like, we, can't, we can't do it. We have to make sacrifices of things. And I think when you work in this industry, people don't understand the sacrifices that you have to make. I don't go home and see my family, you know, as much as I would like to. I think it's my family once a year, twice a year. Yeah. But that's because we're in an issue where if I were to take a week off away from Nashville, Tennessee, I could possibly miss out on an opportunity on something. I mean, it is true. It's true. It's sad, but it's true. And I think that's just where that balance comes in of like, you know what, you have to be, you have to learn to be okay with that. And, and I'm not saying, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying I am there yeah, because I'm very much so like, I don't have that balance down no, yet. Neither do I. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's good things to be in here and, and 
working hard. Like, but yeah, it's just a constant like thing of. It's something I'm always working at. And we'll continue to work at. Yep. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we'll continue to work at. Well, my friend, um, when's your next show here in Nashville? Man, we're playing uh, the Ramen in, uh, I believe, September. Oh. Two nights at the Ramen. So it's going to be pretty wild. I'll be there. That's even weird saying that. <laughs> You're selling out two nights at the Ramen? I don't think the second one sold out, but first oh, it will. Well. It will. I hope second so. one is definitely going to sell out. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of walk ups. Yeah. But yeah. usually how that happens in the second one. Yeah. But it's going to sell the fuck out. No, you're going to be there. <laughs> you ain't getting out of that. We may pregame here and then go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we can't have you smoke a cigar before you go on stage. That's true. We can't have you do that. Well, then we'll just post, we'll, we'll, we'll just post second show We'll here. post second show. <laughs> there you go. That sounds better. We can't be having that. I can't, I can't take the blame. Although I did take the blame one night when I... So here's a funny story for you guys. <laughs> went out one night. I went to see... Who was that? It was Jameson Rogers, Carly Pierce, Jimmy Allen, Tennille Towns, and Jordan Davis at Listening Room. This is actually the first time me and Jordan met in person. Yeah. And we got a certain artist drunk because we found out that she didn't drink. Um, we didn't know that I she. Even, I don't even remember. Who was it? It was Tennille. Oh, yeah. We didn't know that she didn't drink, and everybody and someone kept sending her shots, and then we sent a round of shots up to the crowd. Oh, sent around. Like sent around. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, won't, we won't discuss the number of amount of shots that we're yeah. taking that night, but we ended up at Luke Bryan's that night, the bar, not his house, the bar, and um, for Jameson's after party. And um, I remember, like it was yesterday. Jordan was a little three sheets to the wedding, and I so was I. And I said, Jordan, you're right. He goes, my wife is a little mad at me. I gotta, I gotta go home. I said, I, I said, well, tell her you're the black guy. Yeah. And she goes, he's like, well, what the fuck is that? I'm like, well, if you tell me I with Jimmy Allen, then you'd be good. And she goes, no, I'm gonna tell her Jamar. I said, no, 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 my weight, my name doesn't carry weight. <laughs> She wouldn't have, yeah, she wouldn't have out of on that She's seen that play out before. <laughs> but now she, now, now, now it does carry some weight. Now it so does carry some weight. Yeah. Now next time I can just say like, hey, I'm with Marcus. Now it does carry some weight. God, dude, that was a, that was a fun night, but a terrible next that morning. That was a terrible next morning God. for all of us. I remember waking up, I had a meeting next morning and I remember it was, I, I was like, guys, it was a Zoom, actually. And I put on a polo shirt. And I had my pajamas on afterwards. And once the meeting was over, I went right back to bed. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I doubt I got out of the bed the next day. I didn't get home until like 3.30. It was a long night. Long night. It was a long night. Jimmy disappeared and went home. Because he's smart. He was smart. He just went home. I texted him. I was like, where are you at? And he, he's like, I'm already home. I'm like, when the fuck did you leave, bro? I ended up walking down to the diner. That's where you went? Dude, walked down to the diner. It just rolled in. Dude, I just rolled into that like little bottom bar or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, I'll just go in because I was starving. 
I was like, I'm just going here and try to get something to eat. Man. And then I walk in there and one person said hello and I was like, you know what? This is probably not the best shape to be taking photos of Broadway. Not at all. Not at all. So I just walked outside, got an Uber and went on. Not at all. Yeah. That was that was that was a fun night. Great night. We should have that ha- we should make that happen again. We need to. Yeah. That was a fun night. So but uh one more question before we go here. Any advice, not really a question, but any advice you want to give to an up-and-coming artist? Man, never, um, never, never stop thinking that you can get better at anything. Never stop thinking that you can get better as a songwriter, as a performer, uh, as a communicator. Like, it's, it never, there's always room for improvement. And I think that, like, it's easy to get caught up in, like, the, you know, because you have the goal of, like, I just want a record deal. And then you get the record deal, and it's easy to get caught up in, like, all right, well, now I just got to put music out. It's like, no, the the greats, the best ones, they never stop. They never stop bringing somebody in to help make their show better. Like, And so I, I think that's been, I had to, you know, I had to learn that lesson. So, I would, I would, that would be, along with a laundry list of other things. You're, you're never perfect. Never perfect. You can always get better at something. I think that's a life lesson for everybody. Anything. Yeah. I mean, I've rolled that over into everything. Yeah. You can always get better at it. Every, everything. Wow. Well, there you have it. This has been season five opener of Smoking Section Podcast. Go follow us everywhere. Stream it everywhere. Download it. Tell your friends. Uh, and also tell your friends about this tall lumberjack guy <laughs> who actually shaved his beard, guys. His beard is actually trim it up a he trimmed it up a little bit. He trimmed it up a little bit. His beard is he, he looks good. He looks good. He it's a nice beard. I wish I could grow a beard like that. I can't. You you can do it though. No, no. I have, I have a hard time maintaining the little scrub that I have now compared oh, to yours. Hey. No. I'll I'll grow it for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's kinda weird. <laughs> See what's happening? We're a weekend. We're You're listening to The Smoking Section. Powered by Symphonic.